Last night, a lone soldier sat in dim golden lamplight, in the center of a spreading chaos of papers and tools, slowly and gently brushing caked-on earth from the surface of an ancient weapon, clearing the soil of the veldt from its engraved surface, its seams, and its plated hide. A tuft of dead grass fell to the floor and a panel was freed. As soon as it was freed, it began to move. Welcome the Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, your adversary. I'm Kat. Hi. Hi, Kat. Hi. Hello, my adversary and friend. Hello. My fremenies here with me today are Kirsten. Hi. Kirsten Kirsten, they call her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kathleen is here. I've been all around this town and everyone's singing the same song for 10 years. So long. Nick is here. Nick is here too. I'm also here. Hi. Hi, Nick. I am just finishing up my cough drop. Heck yeah. No shenanigans? No, no shenanigans when cough drops. Don't want to, don't want to choke. <laughs> Is that the secret? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just always feed Nick cough drops. <laughs> okay. I do have a giant bag full of them here. Mm, that's good. Excellent. I don't know if you're supposed to like pound them back like I do, but I do it anyways. Mm. Nick does lots of stuff he's not supposed to do. Nick's a rebel. And you know, who with good sense isn't these days? Yeah. I, I don't know how, like, cool Cough Drop Rebel is, but yeah, sure. Well, I'll go with that. I'll take it where I can get it. It's a better <laughs> Rebel than Gum Rebel. Uh, yes, the, the the chewable sock Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Kirsten is a gum criminal. I'm a very many things criminal. All right, Rebels, Criminals, and Ne'er-Do-Wells. Let's play a game. So previously on Sword of Symphonies... You guys fought a monster, a robot monster from the past. Mm-hmm. We we did fight a big, a big like muddy and dirt clogged robot. You made it more muddy and dirt clogged because Tissa used a very enormous spell to render it dormant and half buried in the, I mean, in the frosty soil of Frangad. Probably in the permafrost layer too. Cobb also got to show off his bull riding skills, which mm-hmm. I think will be great the next time he's in a bar somewhere. Yep. I need to take you guys to another dive bar. Back to Stageport with you. <laughs> Wolf. Uh... Get this man on a mechanical bull stat. <laughs> Again. Again. It is the next morning. It is early the next morning. The party has passed a long bitter cold night in Rangad. Once the sun completely sets here, there's no hiding from it anymore. The fires begin to burn down and how well prepared is the party for cold, cold? So Penelope had pretty much almost fully scattered into her pool, so she had gone off into the woods forgetting how to human. And 
she herself wasn't really prepared because she just kind of went off with Polly. But if she's with Polly, um, I guess they could kind of like, you know, cuddle together while they sleep. So that's pretty much what she has. And Polly's blanket that Penelope had crudely sewn together. Cobb is not a cold weather person, so he is probably wrapped up in like as many blankets as he can get and uh, drinking coffee and or coffee with rum rations in it. As for Tissa, it depends entirely on how well Marcus and whoever else helped uh, set her up for the night. No, Tissa was put to bed by probably the one party member (laughs) who knows what this region is is capable of. (laughs) So I think Tissa's fine. Um, Cobb and Penelope, though, find themselves awake early. Cobb is not a cold weather person. He is kind of a baby when it comes to cold temperatures because he's a South Seas kind of guy. Yeah, and this is not the South Seas. When Cobb emerges, unable to take it any longer, the sun is peeking up in the east and the air is misty and thick. Haven't felt this cold since I visited the Whorl. I was hoping I wouldn't have to come up back up here at some point. Anyways coffee coffee hot drinks hot drinks and Cobb just kind of zombie walks <laughs> <laughs> like like rubbing his hands together and and just like muttering about hot drinks the fire in the middle of the ring where your tents are is fully lit and you can see a pile of blankets just very close to the fire clutching at cut clutching at a cup Ugh. And any more of that? Yeah, yeah. And Cobb, Cobb walks up to the, the blanket. The blanket turns to you, and you just see, like, a pair of spectacles flash from behind one of the lairs. And a muffled, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And a dark hand reaches out, grabs a kettle, lifts it toward you. Caldus, are you in there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I see you're taking your uh, fashion sense from Tissa these days. <laughs> Still look good. Always look good. Now we should get you a hat. <laughs> He's still kind of holding the kettle out to you. Oh yes, yes. Thank, thank you. Oh. And Cobb pours himself a nice tall cup of morning coffee. Or whatever this is. I don't know. Maybe they don't drink coffee. No, there's there's coffee. Okay. We established during Dirtbags that there was coffee in Stageport, and that's where Caldus is from, so. Ah, uh, so he he probably brought it with him. He is a coffee drinker, yes, and he has some. Well, then Cobb will partake and settle down also next to the fire. This is the worst. Uh, yeah, like Cobb is trying to think of a colder time. He, he's drawn a blank here. <laughs> so Penelope wakes up soaking wet in the woods. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll happen. When it's super cold and oh. Penelope wakes up. Well, damp. The world is milky with mist. You can smell the trees in the damp air. 
Pollyanna's happily sleeping next to you with one wing kind of tucked over you. Aww. Penelope kind of gets up and gives Polly a, a big hug. Thanks, Polly. You always know how to take mm-hmm. care of me. I assume that they've encountered this happening before Polly kind of has recognized it. Yeah. And uh, Penelope kind of like shivers and wraps the blanket around her and, and Polly and kind of doesn't want to fly back because that would be much colder. So they kind of gently walk back to camp. How far did Penelope go? Or How far did Penelope go? You play Penelope. That's true. I could make her far away or... Um, mm-hmm. I'd say far enough that walking it would take maybe like half an hour or so. Okay. Not super far, but you would have to know where to look for her to find her if someone was going to come and find her in the woods. Okay. So, as you make it back to Hrangad, the sun is beginning to rise. The mist is clearing where the beams strike it. Make it back to the campsite to see a pair of men, or at least a pair of blanket piles, seated next to the fire, sharing a hot drink. Oh, thank God, there's coffee. Penelope rummages into her tent and gets a dry blanket for uh, Polly and wraps herself in a dry blanket. Comes back out. Yeah. Polly kind of stands near the fire and stretches her wings out, trying to dry them. Ah, there's our wild woman. Back from uh, a nice night out in the woods. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll that'll happen. Um, that'll happen sometimes, I guess. I guess you've never seen that before. It's... Can't say that I have, no. Um, yeah, when I get too... Like, Polly and I get too much into our thing, I kind of can't really concentrate on people. And... It's not really that different from your norm. <laughs> hey. How this just raises the coffee kettle. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is, I mean, I've camped out in winter before, but this is something else. And the sun continues to rise when the very bottom of it just appears from over the ocean. Over the ocean? No, we're on the west coast, over the forest. I just love- Through the leaves, through the forest. Yay. Right, grandmother's house, right. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's up to you, Cad. Like, also, I have whatever map. planet Emilta's on can spin the other way. Yeah, it, it, it could. could go, it could be retro, retrograde. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But you're retrograde. <laughs> I'm always, I'm retro everything. But I guess, I guess you did just make the executive decision that, yes, the sun does rise in the east. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made that choice. That's the choice I've made as a game master. So the sun is fully up when Marcus emerges from the tent. He's dressed in his stiff jacket and he settles in next to Caldus. Hey, Marcus. Oh, good, good morning. Uh, unusual to see you up this early. Uh, the, the cold is something that acts like a good alarm. <laughs> mm. Yes, yes, it does. 
And he is legitimately smiling. I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think there's... Uh, I don't think he picked up on the slight irony in your words. <sighs> Tissa's normally an early riser. Yeah. And Tissa has been sleeping very soundly. Uh, when do you want to emerge from tent? Hmm. Me, I guess they've all been settled down for just a little bit, and Tissa sort of peeks her head out of the tent and then puts it back in. And are the spell pieces still the same? Yeah. Okay. She comes back out with another new heat. <laughs> nice. And comes out without her spear because her hands are busy and sort of tentatively walks toward everything and has the whisper wool cloak up. Oh. Marcus motions to an empty spot by the fire. So mm -hmm. you're, you're up early. Good morning. I feel cold and small here. Um, mm. But I... Th I th um, I think we won because I woke up here and not somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that is precisely what happened. Well, we did stop it. I don't know if Clara will agree with us that we won. I think she's still a little upset that we broke her toy, but... Oh my gosh, how is Clara? Is she, is she around? Is she up yet? I think she's been working on that thing all night. Oh dear. <laughs> That sounds like her. Let's go. We should we should check in on her. Make sure she hasn't given herself frostbite. Mm. And Cobb gets up, like, still mug in hand and with the blanket on him and heads off over to, uh, to the remains of the workshop and where the automaton is currently stuck in the ground. Yep. Penelope follows, holding the coffee pot and a clean mug. There is a stepladder set up. A big one. And... Perched on the stepladder, seated on the edge, minutely examining the seam where the head of the bull met the rest of it. Clara is there, still awake. Her lantern is still burning, even though the sun has risen. She has a blanket wrapped around her and a tool in her hand as she kind of leans in very close to the metal. Clara, Clara, Clara. Here, did, huh? have you been here all night? Yeah. Oh. Here, you should have some of this. <gasps> coffee, coffee. Mm. Yeah, it's it's morning. She reaches down, leaning somewhat precariously on her stepladder. <laughs> Cobb kind of like puts a foot out and like studies the stepladder. He's like, I, I, I guess we're kind of sorry that we broke this thing. Oh, no. No, that's not. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'm definitely not sorry. That was... Mm. You do have to, like, keep your toys a little under control, though. <laughs> They're dangerous. Well... And Cobb sort of, like, absentmindedly leans on it and, like, pulls his hand away because it's probably freezing. Thanks for the coffee. If you'll all excuse me, I'm getting back to work now. Okay. All right, well, um, but... As long as you're okay. What? What was that, like bluish fire that it it was like the rays from the sun but not from the sun what was that some of them can do that we're still not 100% sure how it's an artificial light artificial and it doesn't come from like magic though right 
It doesn't feel like anything. No. It didn't feel like anything. Not everyone can do it, either. Some of them do. They have different skills? It's complicated. Hmm. I see. So they don't all look like this, then. Uh-uh. What were people up to back then? Mm-hmm. Beats me. I should have paid more attention in school. If only there were people willing to play around and figure out what was going on back then, maybe these things would be safer. True. True. Necessity is the mother of invention. If they had known what they needed to do, it would have been done already. Right? Well, just just try not to wake it up again, or at least if you do wake it up again, try not to make it angry. I'm trying to find out why it woke up in the first place. Well, just be careful, because after it woke up, like, if we hadn't been there, you probably wouldn't have. Cobb, you're starting to sound a little like my dad right now. Cobb just kind of, like, scratches his chin and goes, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, the party has a good relationship with your dad. <laughs> the, the party likes your dad. He is the cool hunter. Like, <laughs> like we can go back to that arc, but the consensus on your dad from the party was that he's an okay dude. <laughs> I, 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 I think yeah, he's he's the hunter that people are like yeah, yeah no I I could spend time with him <laughs> and not feel dude. overwhelmed. <laughs> Well, just, just stay safe and be careful, okay? I'm gonna go see if there's food. Um, can we get you anything? I mean, I want us to leave, but I'm good. Mm. I'm not hungry yet. Are you sure? Penelope kind of reaches around to feel her pockets, but then realizes, nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope. I, I guess I don't really have anything in here anyway. I must have eaten it last night. Mm, sorry. No apologies needed. All right, well, let us know <laughs> if, you, if you do want some breakfast. Okay. I think that on the way to walking to wherever else we're walking, Tissa and Caldus have begun to play catch with the new heat. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> that's very, that's very good. <sighs> Well, that went well. Marcus kind of holds open the the flap to the mess tent where there are people beginning to gather already. Well, she's still in one piece, so it actually did go pretty well, I think. The workshop's not. Well, that's why she's lucky. Mm. How long does it take to build some like a workshop like that? Mm. No clue. Well, regardless, we should be setting out soon. I can't believe there's more north than this. <laughs> this feels pretty, pretty at the end of the world up, up here already. Maybe I should have bought more scarves. Mm-hmm. I should have. Tissa kind of looks blank for a minute, and I think that she wants to change the subject, and so is just going to info dump a little bit and says, I heard that whales come up here during the winter. They do. They do. A long, long time ago, Naka used to be a whaling village. Hmm. 
might even have been before my own particular ancestors, but it was founded by people who hunted them. Oh. You can still see them, at least. Last time I was there, you could see them. I've never gotten to see one up close. Hmm. I mean, I used to hear sometimes that just all of the fish got eaten, and I asked why, and they said whales. Whales are peculiar. Well, maybe we'll get lucky. They do like to, uh, I guess, surf sort of next to boats sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh? Mm-hmm. When you're close to one, you can feel how intelligent they are. I like whales. Mm-hmm. It would be good luck if we saw one, I think. Really? Mm. That's what they used to say. Mm. It sounds like good luck, because I think I want to see one. Penelope kind of, like, searches the horizon of the sea, seeing if she could find one. I assume they're probably too far to actually, like, take a good look, but she tries anyway. Kristen. Wait, you live in one of, like, the whale-watching capitals of the continent. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, you definitely don't see any any spouts or anything like that. (laughs) Because we're, like, a little bit further back from the shore, right? And also they don't come super close to the shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, we're also, like, entering or in the mess tent, right? Yeah. You're on your way into the tent to get food. There are no whales in the mess tent. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a twist. I don't know. What if, what if, what if they're buying lots of cards? <laughs> <sighs> What's for breakfast? <laughs> um... What is for breakfast is there is some cured fish. Aha. Kind of a red fleshed fatty fish. It's my way of saying there's locks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's fresh bread and a kind of thin, kind of lentily porridge. I think Cobb is availing himself of the fresh bread and locks and has a big old bowl of porridge that he is chasing down with the rest of his coffee. Penelope is is having some as well. She's not super used to seafood yet. Like, she'll eat it, but it's not something she's gotten really accustomed to. Has she acquired a taste for smoked fish? Mm, she will have it because, I mean, she's not, like, picky. So she'll eat what's available, but it's something she really hasn't gotten quite used to yet. I think that Tissa is sort of tossing new heat in one hand and sort of like grabs a piece of bread in a bowl in the other and sits down and tries to see if she can make toast, but it's not quite hot enough and she ends up dismissing the spell. Caldas, <laughs> uh, city boy that he is, I think reaches into the mess of blankets that he is right now mm-hmm. and he does produce a jar of preserves. Oh. Oh. Did you bring that with you? Mm-hmm. Huh. Thought the going might get rough. Good idea. And the whole blanket pile shrugs. Marcus rolls his eyes. <laughs> Penelope gives an appreciative nod. She she likes people who who also like to bring food around. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a jar. It's not loose in his pockets. <laughs> No, don't go into that pocket. That's the jam pocket. (laughs) That's where I keep my jam. 
Uh, <laughs> pocket jams. Marcus kind of enthusiastically loads up some bread with a smoked fish. Seems to be in an oddly good mood. Settles in next to Caldas. Eventually, Sot wakes up, rubbing his eyes and dressed in, like, enough coats that his little arms don't go down all the way. He pulls up next to Cobb on the bench. Ah, good morning, Mr. Sot. Morning. Hey. Morning. This are a good choice. Mm-hmm. I slept in this. <laughs> I suppose sleeping must have happened, huh? Hmm. If you could call it that, yes. Kathleen goes, oh ho, but Tissa definitely doesn't. <laughs> All right. We should be setting out shortly. I've, I've already discussed our um, reprovisioning with the Archknight, among other things. How, how long does it take to get there? Um, more than a week. Maybe two. Depending on the seas. Oh, that's quite the ways up there. Penelope again casts her eyes to look and then is like, oh yeah, messed head. <laughs> Plenty of successes on an understanding navigation role. We're going to see the ice, aren't we? Yes. The ice is what keeps normal ships from making this journey. It must get pretty thick then. Hmm. Yes, it does. Thick enough that we had to turn back before. This time the the uh, the ship should make it. Uh, it seems really sturdy and strong. It's what the Westbreaker was built for. Is there anything else we need to do to prepare? The prepare it. Well, I need to speak with Gaius Beryl about continuing to borrow her engineer. I don't know if she'll be happy about that. I think she wants to play with her uh, new friend. Hmm. You know, maybe that's why she's unhappy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll talk to her. And he stands up and stretches a little bit and gives everyone a bit of a bow and heads out to the command tent. Later, Marcus. <sighs> Caldus sighs and brings his porridge up to the blanket pile. It's gonna get colder. <laughs> I hate it. I know, right? I mean, if it's gonna take almost two weeks, that means we're going quite a long distance further north. But if I say anything, he's gonna say, I told you so, and <laughs> then I'm gonna look like the loser here. Did he tell you so? Yeah, definitely. Mm. <laughs> and admittedly, I didn't listen. Well, I guess you'll be spending most of your time below deck. Yeah. The, the insulation on the Westbreaker is actually pretty good. I think you should be okay as long as you stay below deck. Well, that's a relief. I, I can't help you once we get there and you have to get off, but... Oh, yeah. At least for the voyage, you should be okay. Ugh. It's time to prepare to take off. Yeah, Cobb's going to get back into business mode. <laughs> business Cobb. Business Cobb, and he's going to be out on the docks 
overseeing stuff, moving things around, making sure everything's going to be okay. Uh, he'll probably have Sot with him, being the quartermaster, tallying, taking stock of things. Yeah. And by now he's growing pretty comfortable with the role. He's in conversation with some of the crusaders about what you guys will need for your journey and seems to know pretty much offhand what you've got. He's turning into a pretty good quartermaster. Got a good memory there, Sot. Oh. I mean, I uh, this is my job now, right? I gotta... Gotta do my best. Well, you're doing really great. I, I don't think I could manage all that, that that you're doing. Ah, it's not so bad. Plus, you're an adult. Well, kind of. He looks like he looks at you blankly. <laughs> like Cobb just kind of like instinctively to that just kind of goes, I. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Marcus rejoins you. He's uh, he's packed up the tent and he's got a bunch of gear over his shoulder. Well, shall we? All right. Oh, is um, is Clara on board as well, or? Marcus kind of looks down at this. He's like, I was, I was unable to convince her. Oh. I see. Um. Well, Saad has been studying under Clara, perhaps. Uh. Perhaps he he seems to know quite a bit about the engines. No, the engines? Yeah, I could probably get it running. Awesome. Probably. I mean, I've never tried. Probably. Well, why don't we try now while we're in port? That way, if something does happen, we have our engineer here. Mm. It's not a bad idea. All right. Let's move. And everybody hops aboard the Westbreaker. Hop. Hop. Hop, hop. Anything you guys want to do before leaving Rangad behind? Um, Penelope has done her usual fussing and made a spot for Polly with, like, nice, uh, I don't know if they have, like, hay around, but something like that. And Polly just immediately takes to eating it. She doesn't care. Does not care, yeah. She doesn't care even a little bit, no. I think that Tissa is making a lot of meaningful looks into the middle distance. As you do. As you do. Cobb is probably just trying to get more layers of clothing, seeing as his normal vest and shirt combo is probably not going to cut it. Probably not going to cut it. Probably not going to cut it. I think Marcus eventually catches this and just... Tessa, is everything all right? (sighs) You're doing the thing you do when you're concerned you're doing the wrong thing in a very nebulous way. Uh, Am I wrong? No. Why did that thing not feel like anything? I don't suppose any of them do. I'm not as sensitive as you are to these things, but I've seen Automata before, and they're all like that. Hollow. And it's going to get colder. Well, it is autumn, after all. One success and one edge success on Daring Humanity. Mm-hmm. You're going to survive, right? 
You want to survive? <sighs> well... I haven't got much choice now. Because... Sometimes I worry that that's not... The... <sighs> right now... My plan... Is to stay alive so that I can help people who haven't been to the north survive. Mm -hmm. I imagine the two of you will be in a lot of trouble if anything happens to me. <laughs> yeah, even at night it never got this cold. Hmm. Did you sleep through it? You, um... You walk. You keep moving. Mm-hmm. You keep moving and you look at the stars. So you don't get lost. Mm. I'm going to go make one more attempt. Do you and the others care to join me this time? What's that, Marcus? Penelope kind of has been organizing whatever. She now is closer to them on the deck and kind of overhears that last part. I'm going to go speak with Engineer Gaius Ascendant again. Oh. Before we leave. It probably, I mean, I, I trust Sot has really good abilities, but um, she is a very uh, veteran engineer, so it would be helpful if she could come along. Hmm. Well... Maybe you'll be able to convince her. I'll give it a shot. Cobbler, are you remaining here or are you coming with us? Cobb sort of like pauses for a moment and then kind of gets uncharacteristically serious for a moment and says, Marcus, sometimes people have to be free to make their own mistakes. If she wants to join us, that would be great, but this is her deal. If she wants to stay behind, I respect that decision. Very good. Then, we'll be back shortly. Mr. Salt, please keep an eye on Mr. Cobbler for me. <laughs> no, I'm not going anywhere. We'll be here. Be right back. Bye! Caldus comes up the gangplank and just beelines below decks. <laughs> not having any of it. So, the three of you return to the automaton where Clara is sitting on top of her stepladder. She's got her coffee in hand. She's still leaned in close to it, probing with her little tools. Hey, Clara. Hey, Grabby. How's it going? Mm, no luck. Uh, I'm sorry. I know it's... I know you were hoping to learn a lot from it. Hmm. Well... Right now, I just have to find out how it woke up. So it doesn't wake up on me again. You know, I was thinking. These things came from the far north, right? Some of them. So, would it be helpful to go there with us? And maybe do some research there? You know, I've been there, right? <laughs> Hmm. No, like, I, I mean, I, I know, my but... My pilgrimage was there? Like, all of the crusaders? Yes, yes, I know, but... 
it could it could help to go like <laughs> Marcus kind of elbows you a little bit. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean like, things things change all the time. You might find new new evidence. Let me guess. You can't work the boat without me. We maybe can, but you definitely are better than any of us. Mm, I know, I know. <sighs> well, I'm not the only engineer here. Okay. Fine. Since you asked nicely. Well, since one of you complimented me and the other one told a roundabout story excuse. <laughs> but on one condition. Mm -hmm. I doing this under the banner of the Aurora Legion, I answer to the commander, only the commander. Okay. Dissa blinks is like, I thought that that was just how it was. Yes, yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, good. Penelope's slightly puzzled because she's thinking, I didn't know there was any other kind of chain of command. No. Sorry? And she just, mm-hmm, yep. I'll disregard all other orders. <laughs> With impunity. All other orders? Penelope is like, okay, fine. Uh, Kirsten is like, huh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I don't think Penelope catches on that at all. Let me, actually, let me, let me roll for Penelope. See if she does. Actually, Penelope's going to use from her key loyalty. Very good. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Sensitivity, humanity. Here we come. So, one success, one edge. <laughs> Lucky she got those extra dice. <laughs> no, like, uh, Clara's not ever particularly subtle. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think that this is that difficult to roll. One success will do the trick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you answered, you answered to the commander. I mean, the rest of us don't really give you orders um but we always do what's best for the group right yeah for sure all right it's just like if say for some reason there was some kind of know-nothing civilian jackass who's continually talking down to me that person wouldn't be able to tell me what to do all the time like they're my actual commander i i don't ever tell you what to do Oh, Grabby. <laughs> Grabby. Hey, Grabby. No, Grabby. And she reaches down from her stepladder to kind of pat you like, Grabby, no. Ah, so this is a hy hypothetical. Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, Penelope, oh, I love you. You're great. <laughs> Okay, for for hypothetical sake. Look, no, no, actually, no. I'm sorry. I, no. Listen, listen. I can't, in good conscience, let this continue. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how Tiss is trying to react to this, but I'm coming up blank right now. I, I am just imagining Tissa has a huge smile on her face under all her scarves. And, and is otherwise, like, not doing anything. <laughs> I, yes. So sort of like an increasingly nervous smile. Yeah. I don't accept your conditions. 
I understand that you're angry with Mr. Cobbler for, yes, being a little patronizing on occasion. And Clara just stares at Marcus. (laughs) Their little face. But he knows more about naval transit than the rest of us. And by and large, his orders are for the good of the ship. Don't stop making that noise. Tissa, are you better at children than I am? Oh, bullying. Marcus. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Tissa just, like, sort of leans back in sort of like the, okay, fine, I'm just going to say it directly thing. I'm, I'm, I don't want anyone to die. Yeah. I can get you there alive. Well, thank you. I'm still mad, though. She hops down off her stepladder and scurries into the workshop, presumably to talk to somebody about the task she's leaving for them. You did get the Arch Knight's permission, yeah? Of course. Of course. Thank you, Clara. We couldn't do this without you. Hmm. Yeah, probably, huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. (sighs) All right. That's... That's a relief. Cobb is pleased to see the whole group coming back. Yeah, everybody comes back up the gangplank to the Westbreaker. It's... Oh, wait, there's no gangplank. Sorry. You weren't actually able to indock yourselves. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rowboats are tied up and... Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Claire, so nice of... uh, I'm so glad that you managed to get some time off to come help us. And Cobb has, like, a big smile and, and sort of, like... Gives her a, a big hearty pat on the back. Okay, listen, you. Yes? I'm not playing and these aren't toys. I'm well aware that they can kill people. But if something wakes up and starts trying to kill people when you're trying to clean it off, you need to figure out how and why. Not just as a scientist, but as a soldier. You oaf. You big, dumb oaf. I, I would like to imagine she is throwing little punches at Cobb. She is waving her little fists as if she were to, yes. She has not actually struck Cobb yet. Mm. All right. I get the picture. They're, they're not toys. I know that. But I do get a little worried when one of the crew is playing, well... When one of the crew has decided that their intellectual pursuits may override the safety of the rest of the crew. Oh, I never had an actual automaton on board the Westbreaker. They're way too dangerous. Duh. I meant... I just meant the fact that it turned on while we were here. And and it put you in danger, and I'm still kind of mad at you for almost getting yourself killed. I didn't get that almost killed. You got that almost killed. You're not my commanding officer! Yes, but I'm your friend. And I don't want to see you getting squished by some giant bull. Or pacificating in the fire, I think, was maybe what was going to happen. Also that. Yeah, Tissa's Tissa's taken a turn for the morbid lately. (laughs) So, I'll tell you what. If you agree... 
to help us understand more about these things and about this ship, I will relinquish my teasing. Yeah, okay. You're still not the boss of me. Penelope said I could just do whatever I want. Uh, Cobb just kind of rolls his (laughs) eyes and says, well, if Penelope said so. Penelope kind of like, nods like, sure, yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) I mean, I did say those words. (laughs) If if this is the Penelope idea, then I I can't control her, so you know what? I won't try either. (laughs) But I am very glad that you decided to join us, Clara. All right. Let's get moving. (sighs) The Westbreaker weighs anchor and begins its journey north. The air is cold. The wind is colder. And the sky begins to cloud over as you leave Frangad behind. The sky is gray and the ocean is gray and Frangad disappears behind you. And soon, so too does the forest, until, with the exception of a dark smear on the far eastern horizon, there is nothing but gray. When suddenly the ocean's surface is disturbed, there is a sound like a great whooshing of air, and a jet of water emerges from the surface of the ocean, taller even than the West Breaker itself. And this puff of mist escapes into the gray. And you look over the side of the Westbreaker to see an enormous silhouette in the ocean beside you. A great dark shadow with enormous flukes. See, I told you we might see some. Get, Get the engineer up here. She needs to see this too. And Mr. Sot. Get everybody, come on. Yeah. And you gather everybody up. Sot is perched on a barrel near the rail so he can get a better look, and he is just enraptured. The whale emerges from from the ocean, and you can see a slate blue back. Here, Sot, come, come with me. And Penelope jumps on Polly and offers a hand to Sot. She's going to yep. kind of do a circle flyby so he can get a closer look. He's absolutely taking that. And from the air, you can see the entirety of their silhouettes in the ocean. There, there are, it's a pod of six of them that you can count at any rate. Wow. Thought I heard this is good luck. Uh, He's mute. And even Caldas comes out and stands next to Marcus, who puts an arm around him, and the two of them watch the whales go by. Wonder how they move so fast. Just look at them move. Look how powerful they are, obviously. They're just... They got the strength. They can push themselves through the water. Never have seen them this close, though. Even in all my time out here. I knew they were big, but... And there's another spout as the sun peers through a small, rare gap in the clouds. And the Westbreaker continues its voyage northward. And this is a scene that will... Linger in your memories. It's memory time. Memory time. (laughs) 
I mean, I have to say, I really, I really did like the whales showing up at the end there and everybody kind of coming together as a crew to watch them. Yeah, I, I, the, you took my, my memory as well. Like, a very good scene to kind of see us off on our voyage further northward. Yeah, thank you for that at the end. <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked that. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was very cinematic. <laughs> so how do we feel about us trying to do like interpersonal drama a little bit? I am absolutely down with that. Yeah. Given that like my approach to characters is always kind of a little bit naturalistic. Yeah. So I was like, well, in a situation where a person would get mad, I think mm -hmm. a person should get mad. Absolutely. I liked also showing that one of the reasons why Cobb was so, uh, I guess, mean to Clara was that he was he was scared that she was going to kill herself with all of this stuff. He doesn't understand them, and so he kind of projects that Clara doesn't really understand them. So he values you know, that freedom to make your own decisions because he's a pirate um, over more than anything else, but he's still going to get mad. My memory from this episode was Penelope having literally no understanding of anything Clara was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the Penelope just completely stonewalling <laughs> through that entire conversation was extremely delicious to me. Just 100% just pure sandbag. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all for playing with me this week. This was a good one. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you had fun. Hmm. Thank you for listening to us, listener. I hope you had fun, too. Yeah. yeah. If you have memories to share with us, you can do that on the website with the email form at swordofsymphonies.com, or you can do it on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs. We'd like to know what you think, too. Do it. We're right here. Send us your... Uh, I'm not going to finish that joke. Yeah. I'm just going to ruin the ending. I'm just going to ruin Bam. the ending with it. Yeah, I can hear the <laughs> ending music already. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. So it goes. <laughs> <laughs>